Inside Access with Jason LaConfora, Ken Wyman, and Tim Barbalace. Sponsored by Stevenson University Online. 1057 The Fan. First pitch, swinging. He lifts it high into the air, right field toward the line, Fraley. He will set up and make the catch. Hicks will tag at third. The throw will go to second base. A run will score. It's a sack fly for McKenna, and the Orioles have a 1-0 lead. Friedel not going. The pitch, and McLean scalds it to center field. This is well hit and deep, and it is off the wall. Friedel on his horse toward third, getting the wave. Into second base, McLean. No throw to the plate. The Reds have tied it. The pitch. And McLean sends this one to deep right center field. Back is Hicks. At the wall, looks up, and it's gone. Now he puts the Reds on top with his sixth home run of the year. Those were the highlights courtesy of Reds TV. The Orioles did get a 1-0 lead, but that was all they got against uh, Abbott. Andrew Abbott was just ridiculous last night. Uh, Orioles only got three hits on the night, two singles from Jordan Westberg, and then an eighth-inning double from Gunnar Anderson. They did have other base runners, two hit by pitches. Uh, they they walked six times, but they lose 3-1. to one. Uh, spoiling a nice outing for Tyler Wells. Six innings, only four hits. He walked one, gave up two runs, but he gets the loss, even though he probably brings ZRA down a little bit and the, and the ratio is great. But Abbott, uh, six great innings in the bullpen, did enough for the Reds. They win 3-1. to one. Good news, though, everyone in the AL East lost last night. Yeah, I'm sure we haven't seen that often, if at all, in 2023. But you mentioned it with Tyler Wells and tough luck loss for him. And he was awesome against this Reds lineup where the Orioles were able to kind of stifle back-to-back nights, unable to win last mm-hmm. night, but gave up that perfect bunt to Friedel. And then Matt McLean had a couple of big-time knocks on him, uh, doubled the center in the fourth, and then he hit that homer later on. And it is very interesting. 25 of his 35 runs given up yeah. this year, Wells, have come via the homer but look with how phenomenal he has been Ken even after last night 0.88 whip that still leads the majors I saw this stat this morning uh Orioles statistics on Twitter in Orioles history only one pitcher has 250 or more innings pitched with the organization while holding a whip under one that player's Darren O'Day oh Tyler Wells is two and two-thirds away from possibly reaching that because he has a 0.99 career whip and o'day was exclusively out of the bullpen whereas wells started as a bullpen guy but now has been a starter yeah and and wells is just he's been that rock steady guy and when he was talking about it after the game last night saying that's baseball you know he, he ended up giving up two earned runs not a ton of hard contact heck ken i mean there really weren't many assists defensively there were just a lot of fly outs and pop outs in this ball game both ways but tough loss for wells and the offense couldn't get it going against abbott and the bullpen i keegan aiken gave a real gave a really good yeah. inning before the rain delay baker gets a straight str- in the braves uh, he, rain delay yes game, by the way oh. He yeah, was awesome. Let's watch COVID <laughs> baseball. Uh, Baker uh, got the first out, then gives up a home run. 
Mm, yeah, yeah, just no. Uh, that that change it from a two-one game to a three-one game. Perez gets through one inning, but it wasn't. It, with him, it doesn't seem ever easy. A lot of lot of pitches for uh, sixteen pitches for just one. He, he walked a guy, and it always feels like a struggle for him. But he got through it, so maybe that's a positive. I do want to ask a question, and we talked about this a little bit yesterday after. Monday night's game going into tonight's game with the lineup situation. Gunnar Henderson against Abbott looked absolutely clueless. He struck out three times. He he could not read the breaking ball. He could not catch up to the fastball. And we asked the question yesterday before the show, why not play Gunnar against the mediocre lefty who pitched on Monday night and give him the night off against the tough lefty? He's still a young player. It just seems like it would have done wonders for his confidence. He did get in at bat off the bullpen and crushed a double. Nice double. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, off a of farmer. But I that one that one's a little befuddling to me. Yeah, especially when you consider if you want to play the sentimental game, Ken, where his big brother, quote unquote, Jordan Westberg, making his debut Monday, mm. and Gunner didn't even play in that baseball game. They're going they, against. They gave Mullins the day off against the tough lefty. Yeah, it, it is odd, and we know the splits for Gunner this year against righties. He two sixty two batting average, one eighty nine batting average against lefties, but the stark difference, Ken is RBIs, 25 RBIs against righties, just th- uh, three against lefty, two against lefties, excuse me. But mm. I still want to see Gunner get the opportunities against lefties. But if you're going to pick and choose, <laughs> I'm with you. Wouldn't you go against the guy that had yeah. been struggling as opposed to Abbott, who, yes, is still very young and uh, number 60 prospect in baseball, but he's been dealing since oh, he's gotten called up. He's awesome. Jordan Westberg, speaking of awesome, two solid singles, not a bloop like his first career single. Hit the ball hard twice. I thought the first one was going to be a double, but he, he decided to uh, put on the brakes, tailed up with a single, also walked and hit the ball hard on his one out. A very nice night at the plate. Plus, he makes a great Diving play stuff. again at yeah. second base. No, it, it, you couldn't be any more encouraged with Jordan Westberg through first couple of games, and he ended up uh, moving over during the game when they made all of those defensive changes. The and, whole infield yeah, change. The whole infield, and then uh, I believe right field as well. But yes. couldn't be more pleased with uh, Westberg um, through the first couple of games. But now that a righty's on the mound um, to di- tonight, What's going to happen? Is Frazier going to be back in the lineup? Does Westberg ride some pine? Uh, how do you sit I, him I, after I, after he's he's got three hits in two games plus walks? Can I'm with you. I'm just saying my skepticism because now that Frazier, he didn't start back-to-back games. Mm-hmm. He, of course, appeared in yesterday's yeah, game. Got hit by going, a pitch and walked. <laughs> yes. No plate appearances. <laughs> yes. Is, is High going to keep him out of the starting lineup three straight games? I don't know. I'd love to be proven wrong, but we'll see. Yeah, I'm interested to see who's at first base as well. I guess it's yeah. going to be O'Hearn. Uh, O'Hearn did get in the game. You mentioned it, and we're going to get into the seventh inning coming up next, but wholesale changes trying to get that tying run at the time. But again, you get two hits off the starter. Your third hit is is Gunner in the eighth inning. It's hard to win a baseball game with three hits. No, and it's also hard to win a baseball game with five, and the Reds did that, and that's what kind of stinks. It was one of those pitching duels, really, between Abbott and Wells, and Abbott was a little bit better, and, of course, Baker giving up the insurance run uh, in the eighth inning. But, 
It was a winnable game for the Birds. The offense was just quiet. Credit to the Orioles. In the ninth inning, O'Hearn walks. And then he gets second base on in defensive indifference but thinks the ball's yeah. fouled off, so he starts <laughs> running back to first. And fortunately for him, they throw the ball away. Otherwise, he's at, he gets tagged out to end the game, so now he's back at second. Uh, Frazier gets hit on the foot, so now they first and second with two outs. Austin Hayes tags one but hits it to uh, the deep part of the field where somebody, the center fielder, is able to catch the ball. If he hits that in the gap, you got a tie game. Yeah, and you know this Orioles team is never going to quit. No. They got 28 comeback wins this year. That's tied for the most in baseball. And as long as there's still outs remaining, they still got a chance. Huge Wednesday show. No Jason today. He'll be back tomorrow. Uh, Guest-wise, though, it's our weekly chat with Tim Murray from VEASAN. His best bets at 3.30. Baseball's uh, Hall of Fame uh uh, baseball cover coverer. He covers baseball for ESPN. It's Tim Kirsch and Brad Spielberger from PFF. We've been talking about the rankings. We'll get his thoughts on how they put that together at 430. And Nathan Ruiz covers the O's for the Baltimore Sun at 5. Yeah, it's going to be a fun show. A lot of Orioles talk. Mike Elias was on MLB Network uh, Radio. We're going to hear from him some sound in that interview later on this hour and he talked about what we've been talking about for a while Ken trying to get one of these young guys inked long term and that's going to be our six pack today six players that Michael Elias should look at extending by the way I was at the game last night with my brother sister-in-law and Margie and had a great time but then the rain delay we go up to the club level Jimmy Sunshine in the club level I wish I could say I'm surprised, but yeah. when you told me that, yeah. I was, okay, that's on brand. Ken, come on up, go in here. <laughs> you're, just say you're with me. <laughs> well, the best part was uh, the attendant in the yeah. suite it didn't know, and yeah. you said, oh, the giant the, guy. The enormous oh, guy in the course. pink shirt. Yes, of yeah. course. And they, oh, you. okay. <laughs> I said, I, she said, uh, are you? do you belong in here? And I said, Jimmy told us we could come in. She goes, Jimmy. I said, the enormous guy in the pink shirt. Yeah. She goes, Oh yeah, that that that, that checks out. That He's checks out. Yeah. He's the best. Hey, coming up next uh, on the well, yeah, coming up next on the show, we we want to uh, bear down on something in particular that happened in this game, and that is the bottom of the seventh inning. Orioles had ample opportunities to at the time get the tying run or maybe put up a crooked number, and a lot of things went wrong. We'll explain next here on the fan. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend 
or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Jason, Ken, and the third member. I'm Tim Barbalace. It's Inside Access. Oh, he's terrible. He's a hack. 105.7 The Fan. I thought Tyler was really good once again. Six outstanding innings, only four hits, seven punch outs, and a two strike bunt and a double uh, and a homer. That's pretty much it. So give them credit for getting a couple runs off from there. And, you know, we had a tough time with Abbott tonight. Kind of knew that was going to be a tough one coming in, and, and he was really, really good. Uh, we had a tough time getting going, anything going against him. Brandon Hyde, after the game, the story of the game pitching and Andrew Abbott was fantastic. The bullpen got it done for the Reds after they win 3-1. to one. Tyler Wells, four hits, one walk in six innings. Another impressive effort, but he gets the loss. And the Orioles' bats could not get it done. But I want to go to one inning in particular, uh, Tim. And this was right before the rain delay. Bottom of the seventh, the Orioles are down 2-1. Cedric Mullins bats for Orias to start the inning. I was a little surprised at this. I thought he might bat for McKenna later in the inning, but he batted for Orias, and I guess you get him on base and you can run him, so it makes sense. Uh, He does walk, and immediately Sims throws over a couple times, so now he can't throw over again. On the next pitch, Mullins starts to go and then stops, so he goes back to the bag. The following pitch... He's he gets a running start and, and from where my vantage point sitting to the left of home plate, I'm like, I don't care what the Reds do. There's no way they're throwing him out. They call a pitch out and they get him. I, I guess India made a really nice play with the tag and they don't even challenge. So it was obvious he was out. No, he's way out. Yeah. Uh, but watching it in real time as as it went. When he got that running start, I didn't think there's any way they're going to throw him out. He got such a good running start, but they throw him out. And so now they're that's missed opportunity number one. Yeah, I, I when you when you get Mullins and you got the two uh, throwovers already and you know that he can't again, it, it, it's the hesitancy of the pitch before where now if you're the Reds, you know that Mullins is running on that next one. So that gives you the opportunity to throw, throw uh, off the plate and then give the opportunity to throw Mullins out. And look, it was a hell of a play, but... You kind of tipped your hand there, Ken. I mean, that that's the situation where you just got to go. You can't yeah. have that hesitancy. And obviously, he didn't end up getting the sign at that. I guess he felt like, and, and I, I haven't talked to Cedric, but my guess is just watching him, he didn't feel like he got a good jump sure. on the first one, so he stopped. Yeah. He got a real good jump on the second one, but credit to the Reds. So they, they, throw, out, they throw out Mullins. Westberg then comes up and walks, which now you would have had first and second if Mullins doesn't get thrown out. O'Hearn hits for McKenna. Sims goes 3-0 to O'Hearn. On the 3-0 pitch, O'Hearn checks his swing and hits a check swing ground out to shortstop. Westbrook does get to second, but throws out O'Hearn. And to me, this is the biggest blunder of the inning. On a 3-0 pitch, you're either swinging dead red or you're taking. You can't hit a check swing grounder to the shortstop here. Like like and O'Hearn's been great, so I'm not going to kill him. But this and this is baseball. Sometimes mistakes are made. You, you either got to swing or not swing and take the ball for a strike. You can't ground out on a check swing on a three zero pitch. 
No, like you said, you're you're taking the entire way, or you're letting it fly, and he didn't either, and got caught in between. Yeah, and you got the first couple guys: Mullins, Westberg, Walk, O'Hearn had an opportunity. Yeah, to walk. after and then, two walks, three oh, he did, yes, yeah. and then Frazier, the very next. Uh, batter he gets hit by a pitch you could have had the well first of all if O'Hearn you could have the bases loaded nobody out and then Frazier gets hit by the pitch you got a tie game and now you got a huge crooked a crooked run in and coming probably but O'Hearn grounds out now there's two outs because Mullins got thrown out and Hayes strikes out and by the way strike two was awful it, it, it looked like it was in his in his batter's box but they called it a strike yeah the strikeout pitch by Lucas Sims was very nice it just kind of painted the corner there but Hayes, a guy that came through in those opportunities a heck of a lot more than not. But when you have, you go back to Monday, and during the open of the show, what I was saying, you made the Reds pay for mm. all of their mistakes. Yes. They're issuing you these free passes. Three guys ended up reaching in that inning, and no one scored. <laughs> that is not taking advantage yeah. of the situation. But, but, there. but think about this again, and, and it makes you kind of like I now, and I'm at the game, so you don't realize it at first. You to look at it later, but this makes me angrier. Mullins walks, Westberg walks, O'Hearn's three zero. When all said and done, they got one runner on base. <laughs> yeah. Walk, walk, three zero count. How is this not a big inning? And it's magnified, right? Because at that point of the game, and they had it's gotten they had gotten Abbott out of there, so Sims and and they're back into the bullpen's really good. Farmer and and Perez, excuse me, Farmer and Diaz are really good. The rest of their bullpen stinks. And again, at that point of the game, it's two one. You're that close. Yes. We're talking a day ago about this team playing small ball, taking what they get. That. Uh, McKenna had that sack fly earlier on the game, just mm. find a way. And it's, I mean, that was the pivotal moment of this game. Them not scoring any runs there. That was the pivotal moment of this game. It, it And and these guys have played smart baseball for the most part in, in this season. But you talk about the little things and, and small ball the night before. Remember, 12 hits, two doubles, 10 singles, no home runs. That's now two straight games, no home runs, by the way. Uh, Walk, walk, 3-0 pitch. When the dust settles, they only had one guy on base. And then Frazier gets hit. So now, now you got two guys on base. Yeah. You've you've ran yourself into one out, and you had a mental error that got you the second out. Now, granted, if O'Hearn eventually gets out that inning, fine, that's baseball. But you can't get yourself caught in the middle and hit a weak check swing ground out on a 3-0 pitch it's just not you can't do that yeah you can't be indecisive in a 3-0 it's either you let it go or you let it rip and he got caught in between I to me and this is where and the Orioles have been great all year long at attacking the other team's middle relief and stealing games when they were behind the seventh inning was that opportunity that was that opportunity again three base runners and no runs, no, yeah. and they and two outs where Mullins runs. They, they they execute. Give them credit. Execute the pitch out. Throw them out of second base, and then the O'Hearn ground out on three zero pitch. This should have been when you look back at that inning, and I bet you, and and it doesn't look like Brandon Hyde was asked about it, but. That should have been a crooked, a crooked number inning. That should have been the inning yeah, where, the, the where the Orioles steal that game. They go to the eighth inning, and it's all of a sudden it's Cano and Batista, yeah, and, you're, and you're going home. That's exactly what I was going to say. You take the lead there, 
3-2, Cano, Batista. Yeah, you get a series win, you're going for the sweep today. <laughs> it's it it is and again I know it's baseball and things like this happen over the course of the season but it, it's interesting to see this to see multiple I don't know if they're mental errors because I, I I do feel like you should give Cincinnati credit for executing the pitch the, out, the pitch out. And, and the catcher still got to make a great throw because Mullen's got such a good jump but the mental error of the check swing on 3-0 and the not being able to score a run there, it it that that's essentially it costs you the game. Yeah, without question. And with the way that the offense was struggling, that just kind of felt it. And you know, Abbott was out of the game at that point. But you mentioned the their bullpen, their back end being strong. That was your chance, and. They blew it. Orioles lose three to one. They're back in action again tonight. It's game three. The rubber match. Luke Weaver, Kyle Gibson, your pitchers. Remember Baltimore baseball tonight. Bob Haney, Ryan Ripken live at Pickles at six o'clock. Coming up next here on the program, Mike Elias. He was on MLB Network yesterday. We'll hear what he had to say next. Inside access on the fan. Jason and Tim sit in the bleachers. Ken sits in his brother's seats behind home plate. Inside Access, 1057 The Fan. Very businesslike, live energy every night. Um, we've remarkably, um, we've been in tight games, both our wins and losses, it seems like almost every game. So, um, it's just kind of the brand of baseball that we're playing. It's very entertaining. Um, these guys are really athletic. They play really hard. They really like each other. So it's it's been a fun uh, calendar year or so here where you look back and uh, we have quite a good record over the last 12 months. Mike Elias on MLB Network yesterday talking about the energy surrounding this year's team and uh, energy in the ballpark, energy in the clubhouse. It, it's it's been a fun year so far. Orioles are eighteen games over five hundred as we sit right now. And going back to the moment that Adley was brought up mid May mm-hmm. last year, it, the camaraderie that this clubhouse has it, it's just infectious. And in, in the you go back last year where you have the home run chain and they somehow top it with the homer hose this year and they're just having so much fun and you have all this young talent and you're seeing all of these prospects that we've heard about you know going back to the initial 2019 draft come up and perform at a high level and this you said it a billion times when it was going on Ken you know the worst thing about rebuild is living through it and it was but now they're bearing the fruit of that misery, the hundred loss season. They disagree. They're showing us highlights of games from the COVID year. Yeah, <laughs> it's like we're in the middle of a rebuild, and let's watch Keegan Aiken <laughs> start against the Braves in an empty stadium. Back to back nights, by the way. Yeah, come on, Matt. Hey, uh, the lineup is out, and we we had a lot of questions about what this lineup could look like. T Bone, uh, uh, you, would you like to know? Do you have the lineup in front of you? Or would you like to know it? I do have it up in mm. front of me, and. I did. I was skeptical whether Frazier would not be in the starting lineup three straight days. He's back in it, but Jordan Westberg is in the lineup. Yeah, right? you want to give him the lineup real quick? I got it. Cedric Mullins leading off in center. Adley Rutschman behind the dish. Anthony Santander in right. Ryan O'Hearn, first base. Austin Hayes in left. Gunner Henderson at shortstop. Aaron Hicks is your DH. 
and Jordan Westberg at third base. Yeah. Adam Frazier, second base. So no Jorge Mateo. No Jorge Mateo. And as I told you guys the other day, you get a hype video. It's a thing. It's a thing. <laughs> you're, like, the, the, you're playing, and Jordan Westberg, after a hit in his first game and a walk, two hits and a walk last night, I think he earned another uh, start. Absolutely. And the Orioles, they're about to have their final off day before – the all-star break tomorrow so from here on out you're playing games you got 10 straight days beginning on friday he needs to be in the lineup the vast majority of those games let's hear more from mike elias who was on mlb network yesterday and we talked about those dark days elias talks about brandon hyde remaining the manager through the dark years very proud of the fact you know that was our goal um i don't think it's necessary that uh you know, you, you're switching managers just because you're rebuilding. And I think when you have the, the right person and um, everyone's working well together in the organization and everyone understands what we're doing and we're all pulling on the same rope, what can happen is uh, the, the group stays and, and shares success together. And I think that's uh, what we're what we're seeing here and hoping as we take the next, next step forward for us, which is to make a playoff spot, which, you know, we haven't done that yet. We haven't won anything yet, but we hired Brandon because we felt like he had the right perspective from his experiences. Basically, everything you can do in, in player development. I, I think expectations were because Michael Elias came from Houston, and we saw in Houston Bo Porter managed the dark years, and, and then they, they brought in A.J. Hinch when they thought they were good enough that maybe the similar thing could happen here. But no, Brandon Hyde, he got, he got through it, and he's out the other side. I was always hoping – that that would be the case and when this new regime came in in 2019 they tore this thing down to the studs I mean it was nothing they had no analytic uh, department the international presence was zilch the farm system was in shambles it was going to take time and it did but now Brandon Hyde he's under the scrutiny and look we call him on it, just whether mm. it's bullpen decisions or whether it's Lineup like Gunnar Henderson uh, talking about sitting him Monday uh, and playing him yesterday against the tougher lefty. And, you know, he, he now it's go time. Now he needs to be put under a microscope. I can't judge him too harshly, Ken, when you got the Renato Nunez's and no. the Dwight Smith Juniors and uh, uh, Pat Valleca was in that game. Pat Valleca was playing first base. He was yesterday. A and who's the uh, Hans, Hans Hanser Alberto? He, was at third. Yes, he was. Uh, that was the Keegan Aiken legacy game. Yeah, Masson keeps playing. Oh man, so. it's a good one. I I, I hope. I'm, I'm fingers crossed. No rain delay tonight. But if there is one, Three please give, give me it again. Man, it, it, when I think about as someone who's born and bred in Baltimore, when I think about the greatest Oriole games of all yeah. time to show me during a rain delay yeah. give me empty stadium COVID year 50 game season Hanser Alberto at third Papa Lake at first Keegan Aiken striking out Atlanta uh, Braves DJ Stewart oh right. one of my favorite all-time Orioles yes, yes. That yeah that, what a roster that was and what what a memorable night at Hunter, the yard Hunter Harvey came in yeah. early oh of course he did what a memorable night for everyone at the stadium which was no one because you weren't allowed at the stadium uh let's hear more from Mike Elias and he talks about the starting rotation the rotation's been great. They've just been keeping us in games. And um, a real competitive group of guys, Kyle Gibson, uh, is kind of the vet and the heart and soul of the rotation. He's having a really good year for us as a as a free agent. Um, and then we've got some young righties uh, kind of blossoming here. Uh, Tyler Wells, Kyle Bradish, Dean Kramer. And then the fifth spot has been a combination so far of Cole Irvin and Grayson Rodriguez. 
Um, and we like those guys. And I think we'll get Grayson back at some point. He's down in triple A playing his trade. Um, so I, I like where the rotation's at, but you know, we're, we're barely through the first half and um, these seasons get pretty long and, and we're mindful of that because these guys have been pitching a lot and working hard. I also feel like uh, we're going to see them trade for a starting pitcher, but Kyle Gibson's been everything they could have expected and more, and we all think Gunnar Henderson's going to be back sooner rather than later. I do want to touch on one thing. One other thing I love about the Orioles Classics is they they keep the rain delay on, on the screen. Like So I get I, I, I don't get full screen Keegan Aiken striking out the Atlanta no. Braves because i got to look at the field in, in the upper corner. It's gotta, i got to watch the tarp because maybe something's going to happen. Maybe somebody, maybe. Rick, Dem- Rick Dempsey comes out and does the Babe Ruth thing on the tarp. But for some reason, I have to constantly look at the tarp as well. It is brilliant. Go ahead. <laughs> I, I think a TMI needs to be done about that game. Maybe, yeah. I'll, maybe I'll do yeah. that tomorrow when Keegan, Jason's The Keegan-Aiken game. Oh, he'd love that because he loves Keegan-Aiken. Yeah, the legacy Yeah, game. the Keegan-Aiken legacy game. Empty stadium attendance announced zero. <laughs> Starting rotation in 2023, and we're hoping that we're going to see an Orioles classic that we're – Going to see yes. in future years. Yes. <laughs> During a rain delay on Masson. Oh. But look, like you said, Gibson's been everything that we had hoped that he would be a better Jordan Lyles. And Jordan Lyles this year, yeah, uh, that was another oof. thing. And remember, you, I said you, you guys. Nailed that. Yeah. yeah, you nailed that, Ken, saying they got the best uh, Jordan Lyles last year, and they absolutely did. But look, Kyle Bradish is going to be a thing. I think down so the stretch too. here. And Tyler Wells is a guy. Dean Kramer, one of Jason's boys. Yes. He can just. Keep the consistency going. And then the nine five, of his last 10 starts. Yes. And then the number five starter still up in the air. We know Grayson Rodriguez is going to get an opportunity at some point. But the biggest issue with this rotation, Ken, is once we get after the All Star break, how are the innings going mm-hmm. to start to factor? Mm-hmm. Because we talked about it a couple weeks ago with Wells. He's going to blow by it. Same with Bradish. Same with Kramer. Assuming health, knock on wood. What's going to be done there? Is our starts going to get skipped? And maybe that's where Grayson comes in. Or obviously when they trade for someone, or do they implement a six starter? Especially when rosters expand from 26 to 28 in September. They're going to have to get creative, and that's something that we're going to keep an eye on. And they probably need another bullpen arm as well. Absolutely. I was said, tell me I'm crazy, but I got a funny feeling they're going to trade Ramon Orias for a bullpen arm. Like he's going to be the odd man out when this thing's all said and done, and he's a nice player. He's got some value. He can hit. He can play multiple positions. But if as this thing starts to move. There's not a lot of room at the end. They got to get rid of one of these guys. He's got the most value. I just feel like they're going to they're gonna flip him for a bullpen arm. Yeah, Monday when Jason and I did a six-pack of six moves that the Orioles need to make, uh, one of ours had lined up simpatico, as we like to say. It was yes. trade one of these middle infielders, whether that is an Urias, whether it's a Frazier or a Mateo. And I think Urias does have the most value there because he's the most versatile and, quite and frankly, he's hitting. Exactly. And he can hit. So I could definitely see that and freeze up the log jams. So. Yep. Yes, it does. Let's hear one more from Mike Elias. Ballone, let's go with uh, cut 27, how the Orioles are stacking up well against the best teams in baseball. We lost series in Atlanta earlier in the season, but it was like a playoff atmosphere and it was playoff caliber baseball. And we hung right with them. It was like extra inning losses and very close ones. So um, that was eye-opening. 
Um, I do believe that this team can can hang with everyone. We've just got such a competitive landscape right now in the league, in our own division, which is crazy. You know, every team over 500. Uh, I can't disagree with any of that. They come into play today with the third best record in all of baseball, and we can look back at that Atlanta series and nitpick. Maybe they should have won the series. They didn't, but the atmosphere, the way they played against Atlanta, they definitely can compete with anybody. Going to that Friday game, and that was the game I ended up going to where Dean Kramer was on the mound, and he was pitching to really keep his spot in the starting rotation, gave up an earned run in that first inning, and then was nails the rest of the way. I mean, they they had a chance to sweep that series. Ultimately, they lost it, but they hung tough, and I felt like that was a statement, and that was the beginning of that tough May, Ken, where you played the Rays after that. You won a series there. The Pirates were still on the upswing at that point. Uh, They're bad. They're bad now. Angels, Blue Jays, Yankees. I mean, that was a tough, tough, tough stretch, and the Orioles still finished with a uh, above 500 record in May. Coming up next, 410-583-1057. Your thoughts. Oh, you heard from Michael Elias. Are you buying what he's selling? What do the Orioles need to do with the deadline? How are you feeling about this club as they head into the rubber match against the Reds? We can talk about trade deadline. What moves you would like to see made? Extensions. Would you li- Who would you like to see extended first? 410-583-1057. We're talking to the people about the Orioles next here on The Fan. Taking sports to a whole new level. 1057 The Fan. I said all the time publicly, I don't want to be the one who's out talking about what we're trying and what we're doing and what we're not doing because I don't think that's helpful for conducting business with, with agents and the people that I deal with. But, you know, we love a lot of these players and uh, we've got a lot of people up here working around the clock on ways of of keeping this organization healthy now that we're good again. Mike Elias, he's talking about uh, locking up young players and says, I don't want to put our business out there. It doesn't behoove them. It doesn't behoove the agents. I think as we've looked around baseball, we've talked about this. Corbin Carroll got extended by Arizona. Uh, the, the Pittsburgh Pirates, uh, they extended a player. Like all the small – Cleveland's extended players. All the small market teams have made big money extensions. Wander Franco. Wander Franco in Tampa. Like the only team that hasn't made a big money extension – is the Orioles an extension of any kind? Under Michael Elias, they have not signed anybody to anything more than a one-year deal. So we're waiting. And they've yet to give out a multi-year deal to a free agent. No. Which is still crazy. But when John Angelos joined us, gosh, was it prior to the season at the Cross Street Market, he was saying that he wants to model this club like Tampa, like Pittsburgh, Milwaukee. And all of those teams, and you include uh, Carroll with the D-backs, which is similar market size, all of them have already extended their guys early. One, at least, Mm. of their guys early. And the Orioles have yet to do that yet. And I just, it would just take such a weight off the fan base's shoulders because fair or unfair, okay, they're the feeding system to insert big market club. Okay, in five years, Adley Rutschman's going to be gone. In five years, Gunner, you know, just to change the narrative. And if you aren't going to sign one of those guys just yet, Ken, even signing a Cedric Mullins, I think, would do wonders for the fan base, for inside Mm. of that clubhouse because they entered opening day with the second lowest payroll in baseball. And 
I asked Mike Elias, it wasn't that long ago, five years ago, six years ago, they were spending in excess of $150 million in payroll. They were in the top half of the league in payroll. Mm-hmm. Why can they not get back to that point? Yeah, I'm completely with you. And by the way, 410-583-1057, your calls on the Orioles on extending players. on uh, to How many guys belong in the All-Star game? Uh, it looks like Adley is making a move on Jonah Heim. He's moved up a little bit, but I think I think voting ends tomorrow, and Jonah Heim currently has the lead at catcher in the second round. Catcher Jonah Heim, former Oriole farmhand, now with the Rangers. Small grape. Why did the voting reset? Yeah, that's why. Like yeah. He would have ran away with it at that point. Yeah. I, I don't understand. I don't, the reset doesn't make much sense. <laughs> did, did you see? <laughs> Though John Heim's having a better no, year. No, than... he is. He is. Did you see Adley's video that the Orioles posted on Twitter? It was like a 10 second thing where he's like very clearly reading a script. No. Off, off camera. <laughs> and it was like two lines. I, don't uh, know. I did see for the first time Adley Rutschman drawing Gunnar Henderson last night at the game. And that's funny. Yeah. Nathan Ruiz tweeted that out. And coincidentally, he joins us today at five. Uh, what, what was that? I mean, it, it, it basically it was like it was looks like Adley draws Gunnar Henderson, and it was it was spectacularly bad. Uh, but it was funny that you combine that with Adley's. Did you see the one where he went undercover at the MLB store yes. in New York? Yes, that was very funny. So Adley, he's 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 got his, uh, got a good sense of humor, good sense of humor, and you can go back to last year, Ken where it was the Little League World Classic, they're on ESPN, and despite him being in Baltimore, despite him barely playing one full year in the majors at this point, I feel like he's very recognizable. You know, across, oh, I feel you would like think layman so. fans. But here's the thing. Do... <laughs> baseball isn't as popular as football or basketball. Well, I'm, I'm so saying, do people recognize Adley Rutschman? That, that's what I, w- I wonder. Does the lay person, like we recognize him if we saw him. The other thing is football players are huge usually. Basketball players super tall. He's like, he's what, 6'1", 6'2"? Like, well, I, I didn't necessarily mean it in that video sense, but yeah. I meant it in terms of you saw the all-star voting where yeah. he won the first round where I feel like people that watch the game that follow the game, they know Adley Rutschman despite him being in Baltimore and that, you know, is testament to his uh, level of play. Well, we've talked about this. We said Adley Rutschman is going to be the face of this franchise and he's going to be in the all-star game for years to come. And he may not start this year because Jonah might beat him out, but we'll see if, if Oriole fans Put, and baseball fans that like Adley Rushman push him over the top before this gets going. But yet, back to the extension thing. It's I I want to feel confident in what they're doing. Heck, they haven't even signed the leash yet. And you can say, well, it's going to get signed. Yeah, I I think it will. But we're, the All Star break is coming, and still no lease. Yeah, I'll say this: when it comes to the lease, it'll get done. But the longer it drags out, man, it's just not it, a good look. It, it's not and. John Angelos on record saying he was hoping for an all-star break present. Well, that's coming up rather quickly, and if we get beyond that point, then I think it's a worthy question again. Look, they aren't moving. None of that's good, but just just put it put it to bed again. Yeah, yeah. I, I just I want one last thing that's hanging over my hey. How about a, a, a lease and a contract extension wow. announcement? You know, how no, about like, like, would that get people? I, I, I would think that would get people pretty darn excited if you had that combo. Yeah. Well, without question, it would get people fired up and they just need one 
at this point, Ken, like just to get the good momentum flowing. And we're doing a six pack at 445 of the six players that Mike Elias should, you know, be most aggressive towards extending and just get one on that list. Get get on the board. I got to I got to be honest. Six was a little tough for me. That's a little tease. Okay. Six was tough. Well, actually, five and six. It, the five sort of landed, but it was it wasn't easy. And six was a little tough. I had like oh, I can go with six and a uh, little tease for coming up later. Our six pack coming up at four forty five. But coming up next, we switch to Ravens and the Ravens. Their PFF rankings. Uh, we we started them yesterday. We'll look at the linebackers and D line and what does PFF think of the Ravens units in that regard. By the way, Brad Spielberger from PFF joins us at four thirty here on the fan. Inside Access. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.